stepped inside of Psychotic Bump School, the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul. My name is DJ Rome and I want to welcome you to another exciting edition of Psychotic Bump School. So ladies and gentlemen, tonight, oh, we have an amazingly full show. We got about six people stopping by the school this evening. Uh, we have returning the mental health army and this time stepping up will be a married licensed marriage and family therapist, Art and Narissa Harris. Okay, they're going to be joined by Kyra Christian, who is a mental health counselor in Northern California, and our good brother, Dr. Chase Moore, who's a psychologist in Northern California. And we're going to be breaking down this whole Blexit thing with uh, Stevie Wonder saying, yo, I am moving. <laughs> I'm out. I'm going to Ghana, y'all. And uh, what does that mean? What does it say when somebody like Stevie Wonder says, I have had enough? So we're going to be breaking that down with the Mental Health Army. Also joining us for the very first time, we have Dr. Candace Elaine. Now, she goes by Dr. C. Dr. C specializes in clinical psychotherapy, and she's here to talk about some of her workshops that she's been presenting lately, including uh, and not limited to uh, relationships, as well as the relationship between our gut and our mental health. So that's Dr. C, Candace Elaine, joining us this evening. And I am proud to welcome the incomparable neo-soul singer out of Brooklyn, Carmen Rogers. That's right. Carmen Rogers famously sings with the, uh, the Foreign Exchange. That's Nicolay and Fonte. Fonte, of course, from the incredible rap group Little Brother, my favorite rap group, by the way. And Carmen Rogers is here to talk about her latest project called Hello Human Volume 1. Oh my God, I'm so excited to have y'all listen to our conversation. It was a blast and I can't wait to share it with you. And uh, all these guests I'm really excited about. So you might want to call your friends and family to the radio or the computer because we are about to set it off. So this is KCWGTheTruth.com. My name is DJ Rome. Welcome to Psychotic Bump School. Stay tuned for more. We're going to kick off our show after this. Hey, this is Dr. Candace Lane. You are listening to Psychotic Bump School with your host, DJ Wrong, on KCWG, thetruth.com, the best internet radio station on the planet. They tell me I should fix my grill because I got money now. I ain't gonna sit around in front like I ain't thought about it. A perfect smile is more appealing, but it's funny how this crooked look at how far I done got without it. I keep my twisted grill just to show the kids it's real. We ain't picture perfect, but we worth the picture still. I got smart, I got rich, and I got still. And they all look like my eyebrows, thick as hell. Love yourself, girl, or nobody will. Though you a woman, I don't know how you deal. With all the pressure to look impressive and go out in heels, I feel for you. Killing yourself to find a man that'll kill for you. You wake up, put makeup on, stare in the mirror, but it's clear that you can't face what's wrong. No need to fix what God already put. This paintbrush on your roommate yelling, Why you gotta take so long? What it's like to have a crooked smile. I'm away, I'm away, I'm away down. I'm away, I'm away, I'm away down. This crooked smile. Now it's trying to keep me away down. But like the sun, now you know I'm yeah, on my way down. 
know it's hard, my darling You wonder why you're lonely and your man's not calling You keep falling, victim cause you're insecure And when I tell you that you're beautiful, you can't be sure Cause he don't seem to want you back and it's got you asking So all you see is what you lack and not what you packing Take it from a man that loves what you got The baby girl, you a star, don't let him tell you you're not Now is it real? Eyebrows, fingernails, hair, is it real? If it's not, girl, you don't care Cause what's real is something that the eyes can't see That the hands can't touch, that them bras can't be And that's you, never let them see your friend And if you need a friend to pick you up, I'll be around And we can ride with the windows down, the music loud I can tell you ain't laughed in a while But I wanna see that quick smile People on the screen, you know the movie stars, picture perfect beauty queens. But we got dreams and we got the right to chase them. Look at the nation, that's a crooked smile. Braces couldn't even straighten. Seem like half the race is either on probation or in jail. Wonder why we inhale, cause we inhale already. I ask if my skin pale, would I then sell like Eminem or Dale? Well, one more time for the veil and f all of that beef. Let's make a meal Hey officer, man, we don't want nobody getting killed Just open up that cell Let my brother out of jail I got money for the bill now And well now If you're asking, will I tell now? Hey, hell nah, I ain't snitching cuz Man, they get a stitches now If you was around, then you wouldn't need a witness now How you like this crooked smack? I'm away, I'm away, I'm away down I'm away, I'm away, I'm away down That crooked smack We are back. KCWG, thetruth.com's program's called Psychotic Bomb School. I'm DJ Rome. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm proud to welcome this very next guest. Uh, she's a good sister out of Southern California. She has traversed the country in pursuit of this thing called mental health. Uh, she's extremely passionate, and I am very, very excited to introduce her all to you all. She hails out of Detroit. 
she has her own practice called Walters Group Consulting, LLC. I definitely want to hear more about that. And the sister just goes by Dr. Candace. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome for the very first time to Psychotic Bump School, the good sister, Dr. Candace. Dr. Candace, are you there? Hey, I am good. Thank you for having me. I oh. am awesome and highly Highly favored and blessed. I'm Highly good. Highly favored and blessed. Well, <laughs> tell us on about that. You know, we're coming off of a weekend where people were on an emotional high because of uh, uh, the D'Angelo verses and whatnot. And people who are fans of that, uh, they they tripping off of that. So what has got you in such an emotional high this weekend? Well, first, I got to be honest with you, uh, two things. And one, the people going to be like, oh, really? I stopped drinking coffee. So now I'm on this natural coffee thing that I'm drinking. So I stopped with the regular coffee. And another thing, I taught a class yesterday, my brain and gut health class, and it was amazing. So that got me on an emotional high because it was a successful class and it was received very well. So that meant a lot to me because I created that class. That was my work, my doing, my slides, and it was received well. And the people that joined the class actually was able to you receive the content. I broke it down for them and they they were able to go away with some jewels and some good nuggets and the information was great. So I, I'm glad that I was able to do that and the people was able to receive the information and understand it mm-hmm. and they liked it. So yeah. that that's where my emotional high is coming from. Oh, you can't beat that. There's nothing like doing something in your own vision, in your own absolutely, uh, and having that vision executed and have it turn out well and have it be well received. I don't think there's anything close to that. So you, you, you mentioned brain and health, and I want to talk about each of the courses that you, you, you focus on. Uh, tell me a little bit more about this brain and health. Well, first of all, overall, uh, you are, I think I introduced you, you're a clinical psychotherapist. So how in the world did, if we start with that first one, how in the world did this world, world merge together between the gut and your emotions? How did that even come to be? Okay. And yes, I'm a clinical psychologist. And how did that start is that, well, we are all taught, especially in psych and going to school and everything, that there is a correlation with the brain and the gut. Uh, You can't have one without the other. And they talk to one another. They're actually allies. They talk to one another, the brain and the gut, of how we feel. And we are not taught that of the regular person. We really don't know that. You're just walking around and you just think they're individual and which they are, but they speak to one another. So I have a lot, like you stated, I do, I have my own practice. So I had a lot of clients that come to me and they explain to me like, Dr. C, I'm feeling this way. And I always ask all of my clients, have you eaten today? What have you eaten? Tell me about your diet. Those are one of my initial first questions that I ask in every session. And I was I was finding out the answers that I was getting. They were either the diet was off. They were eating bad and eating Cheetos all day. Not saying that wrong with Cheetos. And we talk about that as well. We (laughs) understand where I'm coming from. Eating Cheetos, drinking Pepsi all day and alcohol all the time. And then they're telling me that they're feeling a certain way. And I'm like, so when the last time you were able to see your primary care physician? I was like, oh, I haven't seen, I haven't had a physical in like two to three years. So then that's when it started to click. So once I tell my client, and this is a true story, go and see your primary care. And I think they need to run some laps because a lot of times my clients was coming to me and they thought that their issues and their symptoms were psychosomatic, like something is wrong with me, Dr. C. I'm depressed. I have I have high anxiety. Come to find out with some of my clients, it was their diet. After we were able to change their diet, they were able to see a little clearly and understand. And they were like, 
Dr. C, the anxiety is gone. I'm no longer depressed. I have that motivation. I see clarity now. I have clarity now. I feel a little better. My mornings are not so gloom because they're coming to me and they say, Dr. C, it's so hard for me to get out of bed and I can't wake. And when I get it, when I wake up, it's just so hard for me to get started. But once I get started, I'm okay. So I think I'm depressed. Mm-hmm. Come to find out, hypoglycemic. You just need you suffering because you don't have protein. Come on. So it had a lot to do with the diet. So that's why I created this course to give my clients and also the people in my community as well, a little bit more insight that I don't want our people, especially in the black and brown communities, to just run to a psychologist such as myself or another mental health professional or psychiatrist and put that stamp on themselves. Because, you know, we can go to WebMD and we didn't diagnose our damn self. And we didn't say, I think I got depression. And what they're going to do, they're going to pump you with a lot of anti depressants or psychosomatic medication when in point it's not that not saying it can't be that but i'm just saying hold up people Mm -hmm. it can be what you're eating it can be your diet Mm -hmm. because you consume things mentally and physically so it can be the fries you eating or it can be the toxic relationship you're in it can be the negativity it can be your environment it can be your energy is off it can be other things but when Mm -hmm. we don't get to the root of it People say, oh, I'm just depressed, Dr. C. So that's why I created that course to let people know it can be other things because information is key and knowledge is key, but you got to apply it. So that is why, you know, I hope I answered your question. That is why I created that course. Oh, it's nothing like having a very pressing why. It's like you become blessed with a burden, right? That's right. So given this, uh, what can you tell by just visually looking at someone in their body language, the way they move through the world, the way they interact with others. Uh, How much can you ascertain from that experience as to what's going on inside of their body in terms of the type of food they're consuming? Uh, Does it leak out in the the words that they say, their perspectives on circumstances? Are they overtly pessimistic? What are you able to derive from just their body as as a visual piece? Okay, that is a very good question. And first, I will start with stress and I'll start with the gut. Mm-hmm. I can tell when she getting off the elevator coming to my office, because especially if I'm dealing, if there's a woman that is battling and she said that she is very stressed and things are not going well for her or whatever, she just stopped. And she comes to me, not saying that word, but she come to me and she say, I don't know what's wrong. She has not self-diagnosed herself, but she is stating she doesn't know what what is going on. Visually, the First thing I can tell is with stress is when the gut, I looked at her and we carry, especially women, we're going to talk about for this program right now, let's focus on women, mm-hmm. where we carry all of our stress in the midsection, most of us. So that, so when I see that that is maybe bloated, I can tell from her face, from her eyes, discoloration in the eyes, and also her nails, her nail beds, if they are brittle, or if her, I don't know if you're familiar with what I'm saying, such as the nail beds where it looks a little dry and the skin, she may, she looks dehydrated. Then she has an excess weight of bloating around the gut, the midsection. So I can tell. And then also in her body language. I can tell as well as when she's sitting across from me, because that is how I sit. We sit across each other uh, in my office and I can tell from her body language and also her posture. 
her oh, posture. Geez. So that's when I'm like, okay. Yeah. And some of the words that she's saying, because your body will talk to you first. Right. Before your mind or your soul ever have a chance to say anything, your body is going to tell me everything that's wrong. Well, mm-hmm. at least some of it, if I'm yeah. observant enough. So yeah. I can tell a lot when they walk in and that you can see the stress. And then I also can feel the energy. You bring it with you. That part. You yes. didn't brought that energy in here. I already know. You already know. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. right. What is it like with those intangibles? Because you also do a, a few other courses, one called Deep Cover, I think you said, and you do one on emotional trauma. Now, when you fuse the, the idea of motivation and the lack of it that many of us are experiencing, I work with students, Dr. C. So mm-hmm. my age range, you know, these days are high school students, age 14 to sometimes up to age 22. And so motivation is a big thing right now. You know, given people's uh, respective circumstances, they don't feel inclined as much as they used to. to they don't, they've kind of lost that get up and go. Their get up and go is kind of got up and went. You know what I mean? So what courses do you have that also focus on motivation? I know the the. Uh, sort of the body, it's not dysmorphic. I'm, I'm sorry, the course that you just mentioned, you, you were talking about that, but the, the body imaging thing and the connection to the gut, uh, there, there is a link with motivation as well, right? Uh, can you draw a link between uh, your courses and what they add to someone's understanding about their own internal motivation to, to get up and handle their business for the day? Can you talk to us about that a little bit? Of course, of course. I teach two, well, I teach four courses that are mine, and then I also teach for the state of California as well. But the courses that are mine that I teach that will help someone a little bit about motivation. So before, I'm going to digress just a little bit, if that's okay with you, because you used the word motivation. And I'm going to say this, uh, motivation to me, I got to keep it real here, because you said that I can, and this is a real broadcast. I did. Motivation. I got to be careful what I'm asking for, but I did say that. Yes, I did. Yes, that's right. So motivation is all fine. And, you know, that's cool. And I like the word. It's a cute little word. But I'm gonna tell you right now, sometimes it's kind of BS. And let me tell you why. Because motivation will last five minutes sometimes. Sometimes it lasts a week or two. Sometimes it lasts three weeks and sometimes it lasts a month. So it's cool. It's just a it's a fancy word to say, come on, let's get up and do this. A word that that's it. That's embedded in us in some of us to say, hey, let's do this. I'm motivated. So it's a cute little word. So let's put that word to the side. And what mm-hmm. I try to, you know, embed in my clients is find your why. Your why will mm-hmm. get you up. That's like a mother. Uh, let's talk about mm-hmm. a single mother, for instance, and she needs to feed her kids and she needs to do stuff and she doesn't have that motivation. The motivation, motivate, motivating and motivation does not get her up to go to work so she can feed these kids. What mm-hmm. gets her up to go to work is the kids. Come That's on. the why. It's go. not motivation. It's yes. Do you yes. feel what I'm putting down? You're picking up what I'm putting down. I, I'm, That's I'm, what I'm saying. I'm starting so to catch motivation. The yes, I'm catching the vapors like Biz Marquee in here. Yes, I'm feeling <laughs> it. <laughs> so motivation is cute. It's a nice little word and we can go yes. and keep it. However, it's the why for me. Okay. Like, like what I do, this is my passion, my purpose. I breathe yes. and sleep this. If I can't do this, I can't do nothing else. God gonna come get me. This is it. This is what he put me down here to do. This is it. So there is no motivation behind what I do. This is my purpose. How, remember the five W's and why, or the five W's and how, those questions we learned in grade school. So how does Dr. C help clients find their why? Well, I get into them. 
They tell me they why by the sessions we have. Mm -hmm. So the, it's already embedded in them. It's mm -hmm. already in it. I pull it out. I help you pull it out. I help them pull it out. It's already there. They just need to find it. They come to me and they're like, Dr. C, I feel stuck. Okay, mm -hmm. because that's why a lot of women that come see me, maybe 70% of them do not have a psychological disorder. Remember I said, everyone is not battling with a mental illness. Mm -hmm. Their mental health is just tainted because they're stuck. Mm -hmm. you, you feel what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. when they come to me and they say, after I did my assessment and I see that there's no psychological component to that, that the woman is just stuck. I help pull out what's in her because God gave everybody a purpose. There is a why up in there. There is a purpose and a passion. I help them pull it out. And how I do that, I help her find her. Some people need to be reintroduced to themselves. Mm -hmm. Some people need to find who they are. You got 40, 50, 60 year old people don't even know who the hell they are. That's they true. just going through the motions. Mm -hmm. They just living. They coasting, but mm -hmm. they don't know. Like, hey, who am I? Right. What's going on with me? So that is how I help the women that come see me. I uh, reintroduce them to them because a lot of times we get lost in our way, going through the motions and taking on everything and trying to be everything to everyone. Mm. So we end up losing us. So I take the woman back to the root and that is her. Mm -hmm. Let's go find you. Let's go find you. Well, this is KCWG, the truth.com's program is called Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome, and I am proud to say that we have found Dr. C. We're here with Dr. Candace, y'all. Dr. C is a clinical psychotherapist out of Southern California, breaking down her courses uh, that she's been teaching over the weekend here. So we've been talking about motivation. We've been talking about gut health. Uh, you also have emotional trauma course that you've created, I believe. And you also have something called Deep Cover. Now, when you told me that off the air, I'm like, okay. Yeah, and you don't stop. What, pray tell, is deep cover? Can you break that down for us, Dr. C? Yes, I can. I created a course. It is a mental wellness course, and right. it is called Deep Cover. And the reason why I call it Deep Cover, because come on now, I don't know if y'all seen the movie Deep, deep Cover with Loris Fishburne, yeah. and he's the officer, and he goes deep and deep and deep. So yeah. let me say, the reason why I call it Deep Cover, because that is what many of us do every day. We put the mask on, and we go so deep and so deep into whatever society feel we need to be or what we feel we should be and not revealing our true selves, not letting our emotions uh, live, not even in tune with our emotions. We just, we are autopilot. So I think, so when you take my course, I take you out of deep cover and I bring you to realization and say, this is where you are. Wow. This is, and I teach you how to say, uh, to be in tune with your emotions. And I teach you about the differences between anxiety and depression or anxiety <clears throat> and overthinking. They look alike, but they're two different things. Oh, break it down. How are they? Yes, <clears throat> excuse me. Just as depression and sadness. They yes. look alike, but they're two different things. Yes, break it down. I take you into that. Some women like, oh, Dr. C, I'm so depressed. After she didn't have a couple of sessions with me, like, girl, and she comes and she say, Dr. C, I ain't depressed. I'm like, girl, I told you, you sad. You sad, you overwhelmed, and right. you sad about what happened, and right. you're dealing with acute trauma, so that looks yeah. like depression. There are yeah. two yeah. different things. Absolutely. Depression, I'll break it down for you. Thank Sometimes, because there are different levels of depression, but for the sake of this broadcast, to keep it short, because I can be here two hours. So for the sake of this broadcast, I'll break down the acute depression. The acute depression, A, that is when the bed is your best friend and the shower is your enemy, and you mm -hmm. don't know why. You can't get up. Well, you that's why. 
That's mm-hmm. the part. That's one part of depression. Sadness as in, hey, you know, something probably happened at work, made you a little sad. A friend called about a situation, made you a little sad. You and your partner had an argument, you made you a little sad. And people will equate that with depression. You ain't depressed, you sad because what they said. You sad because what happened. Come on. But it doesn't stop your daily activity. Depression will stop you where you can't get up. Depression will stop you where you can't move. Sadness ain't going to stop you. You're going to be sad as hell, but you're going to go to work. There you go. So that's the difference. Just as anxiety. Anxiety, hey, that's that fear. That's that, oh, I'm fear. And then you it may bring on panic attacks. It, you know, um, you are fear of the unknown and different things and different phobias. So that's anxiety. Overthinking is a situation that is a, it's, it's standing in front of you and you don't know what to do and you overthinking. You thinking shoulda, coulda, woulda, what they thinking, what I'm aware, what I'm gonna do. You just overthinking a situation. Pick one, choose one. That ain't anxiety. That's overthinking. So that's the difference. And people don't know that. So then they go and they talk to their primary cares or or psychiatrists because I'm a psychologist, so I don't prescribe medication, but a psychiatrist does. So you go see one of them. And when you go with a story like that, they're like, oh, okay, here's medication. Mm -hmm. All you needed to do was choose whether the color is red or blue. Right. You overthinking. You ain't got anxiety. So is that the only way to interrupt that pattern of stagnation is to just consciously just make a choice? Pick one. Let's go. Well, it goes a little deeper than that, because sometimes you can battle with OCD. So if you have OCD, sometimes it's a little difficult to choose. And then uh, I want to digress a little bit because that was good. What you just said to me, is it that easy to just choose? No, it's not. Because overthinking, that's a generational thing. And that is what we 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 started that as children. It was put upon us just and I'm going to take you on a trip that I use in my deep cover course when I talk about overthinking and being overwhelmed. Overthinking starts with every child. And I'm going to let's start with the crayon box. You know the Crayola box? You get 24, 64 crayons? Yes. Let's start with the 64 crayon box and the, and the and your mom or your caregiver, your primary caregiver, your mom, whoever, your parents give you the box and say, OK, go over there and color DJ wrong. Go, go over there and color. You know, you're the boy at this time. So mm-hmm. you're like, OK, you got 64 crayons to choose from. Come on now. What's the primary colors they teach you in school? I think they teach you five or six. That's red, blue, yeah. green, yellow, maybe purple or black. I don't know. It's the primary colors. That's but right. see what society set us up. They gave us 64 boxes. So that's right there. Mm. That's teaching you overthinking because red mm. and magenta look alike. <laughs> you got five different greens in there. So when you tell the child, hand me the green, they looking at the box like, man, I got five greens. Which green? Exactly. So I they start you with the overthinking as a child. Do I choose brown or do I choose burnt sienna? <laughs> there you go. You see how the overthinking starts as a child. Wow. Wow. And That's then you crazy. grow up with that. Right. You grow up with that. And we accept Absolutely. it as normal. It's normal. You, yeah, you grow up with that. So mm-hmm. that's why. So when I uh, taught that in my class, some of the moms was like, I'm just going to start giving my kids the primary color. Hey, because when they get mm-hmm. grown, they're going to have all that on their own. Just go and get these kids wow. the primary colors. <laughs> Give them the primary color and get on with it. Wow. There you go. Because, you know, if you mix some colors, it's going to turn. What if You can mix purple with something else and it's going to turn something, you know. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Well, uh, how susceptible are the genders, respectively? Is this more common with women versus men or vice versa? 
It's, uh, I would like to say it could be the same on certain situations, but I am got to gotta keep it real here. It's more for the women. Men are a little bit more matter of fact. So some women going to probably give me the side eye, but I said what I said. You know how we are, ladies. You know, we like, what I'm going to do with my hair today? We always changing our hair. Brother, wear the same haircut for 20 years <laughs> and be living his best life. We got to change wait, the color. I, we I, gotta... did my, I did my hair before I came into this interview with you, Dr. C. There you go. <laughs> Y'all are what I'm saying, you know, but and y'all a bit more rational with things. We're a little mm-hmm. bit more emotional and that's cool, you know, but yeah, we're, we're different species and I'm aware of that. And actually, I like that. I like that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, with mm-hmm. a man, you know, so with me and they're a little bit more matter of fact, they like, look, I'm going to choose blue and that's just it. You can ask a man, what's your favorite color blue? And you can right. say, well, what color blue? Man, dude, just blue. Just blue, bro. Blue. Well, but with the blue. ladies, sometimes we're like, oh, my God, I like. Sky blue. Okay. It's just not. Oh my god! <laughs> not oh my god too. Oh man, that just complicates it even further when you got to say, "Oh my god." I mean, <laughs> that, that, that's where your salvation is, of course. But that just just speaks to how overwhelmed somebody can be in a moment like that. There you go. Light blue is it? Sky blue is a vanilla sky. Oh my god! There's so much to choose from. Well, yeah. Doctor C, uh, you are a joy and a half to speak with. Uh, how soon will you be doing your next seminar? How can people find your seminars and classes and courses? And what's the best way for them to keep in touch with you? Yes. Well, I will be teaching Deep Cover in March. I will be teaching Deep Cover, if I'm not mistaken. That would be March 23rd. And the best way for anybody to find me, I keep it simple. It's uh, CandiceWalters.com. Actually, you can go to CandiceWalters.com or it's uh, www.TheWaltersGroupForWomen. WaltersGroupForWomen.com. Or if you can't remember all that, like I said, I kept it simple, CandiceWalters.com, and that's the A-C-E. Tonight's the night that I plan my hit. Yeah. Deep cover on the incognito tip. Breaking fools off if I have to. Filling gaps too. Show you so you know I'm coming at you. I guess that's part of the game. But I know it's somebody who think they just gonna come and change things with the swiftness. So get it right with the quickness. And let me handle my Okay, we are back. KCWG, thetruth.com's program is called Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome. And ladies and gentlemen, if you have not been paying attention, there is a movement called Blexit, but it's not the Blexit that Can Dance Omen has uh, put out there. There actually is a movement uh, of novel regard of uh, our people uh, within our community just having enough and just seeking other pastures in other parts of the world. The latest to do this, ladies and gentlemen, is the legendary recording artist of Motown and Detroit fame, Stevie Wonder himself. Stevie said, yo, I am ready to move to Ghana of all countries. And we could talk about some of the reasons why he might have chosen Ghana, but I just wanted to have a conversation with members of uh, what I affectionately term the mental health army just to get an idea of what they think it says when someone of the stature of a Stevie Wonder says, you know what, I have had it, I'm out. So to help me have that conversation, I wanna welcome back these amazing mental health providers. Y'all all know them very well. They've blessed us multiple times before. So I'm gonna introduce them all at once. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to Psychotic Bump School. Um, let's see, up north, well, everybody's up north this time, man. Uh, we have the amazing Kyra Christian, we have the incomparable Art and Arissa Harris, and we have the inimitable good brother, Dr. Chase Moore. Kyra, Art, Narissa, Chase, are you there? Yes. yes. Hey, y'all. 
what's going on? It's been a long time. We were just talking off the air, ladies and gentlemen, that it has been a minute since we've been up in it all together like this on the air. So I definitely want to get y'all's take on it. Uh, let's go to Narissa Harris first. You know what, uh, Narissa? I get all types of, or excuse me, all types of uh, ideas in mind when I think of someone like Stevie, you know, being an elder, you know, and yeah. making that determination that it's time, you know, I've seen what I uh, needed to see. And this uh, country has told me that other options are definitely on the table now. So Narissa, when you hear about Stevie doing this, uh, what comes to mind for you? What came to mind for me, you know, I got to keep it real because and until you you mentioned it to me a couple of days ago, I was like, wait, what happened? Because y'all know I'd be, I be really trying to avoid the news sometimes because it's just to be too much. But I think the first thing I thought of was that was striking to me, and I hope this makes sense, mm-hmm. is Stevie Wonder is blind, so he mm-hmm. cannot see. Mm-hmm. And the fact that this man can't see what we all are seeing mm. his his level of feeling yes. how much pain and racism and injustice is happening to us as black folks like he got to be feeling that real heavy right to be able to be to to be like i'm ready to move and so mm. if he mm. is feeling that so deeply then we really have to take a step back and make sure that we are not getting numb to what's going on because we can mm-hmm. see it and we can feel it. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I just was like, I mean, man, like that came up for me too in regards to the feeling. But I think another thing that came up for me was not really being surprised because a lot of us is we tired. Like right. sometimes I think besides art, I think our family, my the family be thinking I'm playing. And I'll be like, I really like I'm almost to the point of like, let's just figure out, you know, yeah. what we can do so we yeah. can leave and go back right. to the motherland. Mm. And because I'm tired. <laughs> and so I just you know, I, I wasn't shocked because I feel like we all we all tired of being over here and it's, it's about time to just go back to the motherland. You mm. know what I mean? Wow. Um, wow. But on the flip side, you know, then it's there is still some violence and, you know, black on black, African on African stuff happening in Africa. But mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel like it ain't going to be it can't be worse than over here. It right. just can't be. Yeah, it made me remember. Uh, I want to say it was like the '80s when uh, Stevie Wonder and yep. them made that Martin Luther King Happy Birthday song. Remember that? Uh, they all got yes. together. Yes. Um, and we are the world. Wasn't he? he? Was on that one also. Oh, yes, he was. Yes, he was. Yeah. And yeah. so I just think of how this man who he knows what's up, and mm-hmm. um, I know 2019 was actually the year of the return. So Ooh, in places like Ghana, I know the president in 2018, I can't pronounce his name, mm-hmm. but he said we're going to commemorate 2019 as the year of the return yeah. um, to, just to commemorate 400 years of um, officially Africans being stole from Africa to America. And so mm-hmm. a lot of people have been moving back. 2019 was a year of a lot of us did what we call what, like a pilgrimage mm-hmm. going back to africa i know we want to go uh, my wife said it might be a one-way ticket jack um. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right? 
Yeah, you're you're all of us, Art and Arissa. I'm telling you. All right, Chase, stand by. Uh, Kyra, uh, your thoughts on this? Because uh, Art and Arissa are not wrong. Um, they they've called it um, what because they they've been trying to even ban education about Juneteenth, and you know when the last occupant of the White House was leaving office, they were even trying to pass laws to make sure that certain history among for black people wasn't even taught in classrooms anymore. So the the blockery is real. And I'm saying blockery to avoid saying uh, an improper word. But uh, Kyra Christian, what are your thoughts on all of this? You know, I when I think of Stevie Wonder, I think of a man with no sight that was born to be a visionary. Come on. And so as someone who has fought relentlessly mm -hmm. uh, to have a seat to uh, make change for us. I think he knows the truth, which is you can't change a system that never had you in mind. Come on. And so when I hear that he's going back to the motherland or possibly wanting to leave because he's literally lived through it. And like Larissa said, he's felt it on mm -hmm. a different level than most of us can feel. Mm -hmm. Um, that speaks volumes. I know personally, I was saying I needed to get dual citizenship somewhere if trump was reelected, i wasn't going to stay here i was going to work part-time somewhere else because i just right. i didn't want to deal with it right and so um i get it i wholeheartedly get it i'm here for it i'm here for us figuring out a way to um explore our options as a culture Absolutely. and that will make the change if we all get up and take that black dollar that will make a change oh come on now well, Chase kind of took you up on that already. Uh, I have a family member that just moved to Tanzania and uh, Dr. Chase Moore, Art, Narissa, and Kyra, uh, he recently went there. I'm, I'm kind of jealous of the brother, but Dr. <laughs> Chase Moore, you've been hearing all this, good brother. What are your thoughts on this? Stevie Wonder with the inner vision said, yo, I'm out and headed to Ghana. Dr. Chase Moore, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, it's it's highly exciting. And, you know, when you told me about it, I kind of, I read up on it and I was extremely excited because I, I feel like it uh, is definitely um, a sign, a metaphorical sign, because like uh, someone just brought up, he, he can't see uh, visually, so optically. But I think it just speaks to the fact that as uh, African people, we need to see spiritually. Right. And, and I think that's mm. what he's showing. I mean, it's uh, it could be no better parallel than the, the, the person who, you know, who can't see, um, who sees with the, his spirit and his mind and his soul. Um, I think he's moving to a place where he can be whole and he, can, he feels like he can do his best work. So um, I'm, I'm extremely excited. I think it takes people like uh, Stevie Wonder to open the minds and plant the seeds. Now, as time goes on, more and more people will grow into this concept of uh, moving back to the motherland or at least entertaining, working with our brothers and sisters, uh, you know, on the home continent. So I think that I'm just, I'm just extremely excited that um, he's taken that, uh, that step in doing it. Mm. That is exciting. And uh, I'm happy to hear you say that. Uh, can you share briefly about your time? What, what was it like when you went to the motherland? You, you and your family just got back from there recently, uh, a few months ago, right? Yes, yes. No, it was, uh, it was extremely, um, eye-opening and just, I first want to say it's the most beautiful place that I've ever been in my entire life. Mm. Um, the people there um, are really loving and caring in Tanzania. We stayed in Dar es Salaam, which is um, the, the one of the biggest cities in Tanzania and it's right on the water. Uh, 
Mm. And the, the, the reason I connected with it is because I started to feel like um, I could actually be myself, work on myself and, and be the best version of myself, uh, as well as for my family out there. So it was my wife and my three kids. We went out there uh, with a, a family friend and from the, the climate, you know, the weather, we're tropical people, you know, you know me, Rome. So I, I love mm -hmm. the fact that it was, you know, their winter supposedly, but it's 85 degrees and humid. Um, I love the mm -hmm. fact that there are coconut and banana trees all around. And so mm -hmm. um, I love the fact that, you know, there aren't these major chain uh, chains and stores. When you eat, you go out there and you eat um, and you're, you know, you're buying food from your neighbors at these local stores. And everybody is valued, you know, everybody is valued for what they can do. Um, I was able to go out there with a family friend who's really struggled um, here in America because um, they, she's an artist. And mm -hmm. here, you know, if you're not um, making a certain amount of money with what you're doing, right. you tend to be less valued and yep. you're taken less seriously as a person. Yep. Um, and it's very difficult for you to find your place and uh, many of the societies that uh, America has created. Um, mm -hmm. However, you know, out there, she was, uh, she felt so at home. She felt so appreciated because uh, mm -hmm. the things that she likes to do, you know, making people personal uh, trinkets or making people personal cards, it was valued there. She saw herself in that community. And so I, you know, for me, it was empowering um, for a couple reasons and I'll wrap up. What it did for my children, it allowed them to see um, you know, black pilots, black uh, captains of boats, uh, you know, African people running the society. It allowed them to see uh, that they can go to a place and start a business. So in order to start a business, you need about five to $7,000 in particular places in Tanzania. The, the same restrictions that we have here, they don't have there. Um, so, you know, if, if I wanted to, you know, start a, a salon for one of my kids or uh, whatever it may be, I feel like I have the mobility to do that. Um, we're, we're very, we're highly restricted here and that is for good reason. Um, and so it, it allowed them to see the opportunity. And then uh, last, it kind of connects with Stevie Wonder. It allowed them to start seeing with their spiritual eye. And as, uh, as African people, as black people in America, we're highly spiritual people. And we've had to filter that spirituality through many religions and through many different uh, aspects of ourself here. And we've kind of lost track with that. But, uh, you know, there, I think you can you can develop that spiritual eye. You can develop all of the aspects of who you are as an African person, and um, and it not be uh, something that is restrained. So it just was eye opening. It was beautiful, and it was uh, uh, I promise. That's a lot incredible. of opportunity. Yeah, that's incredible. That's incredible. Um, Narissa, Kyra, stand by a second. Uh, Art uh, Chase may mention a couple times about his children and your wife and you have a, a little baby girl. So when you think about what Chase just said, uh, I wanna get your thoughts on this. Uh, I just recently discovered how to uh, finally uh, <laughs> do some things on um, uh, over Zoom TV. So with the magic of Zoom TV, Art, before you chime in and before I go to your wife and Kyra Christian, I want y'all to check this out real quick. This is Stevie himself talking to Oprah Winfrey just the other day, stand by. I promise you, if you do the right thing, I'll give you this song. I'll give it to you. You can have it. Because I want to see this nation smile again. 
He said, what kind of mess is that? Art Harris, when you when you hear that, I hope y'all were able to hear that or at least yes. see it. Um, what do you think about that? And uh, tie that into what Chase was saying. Yeah, I, I mean, it's all connected. And and the truth is, we've been saying people been saying that. Well, at least what? Four, how many? 400, 450, 500 years. We could go back. What? 1619. Some people say go back to 1619 or minus 50. Mm -hmm. You know, um, mm -hmm. then 1500s. Right. Um, so ever since we've been interacting with the European in America, we've been trying to get back. You know, the cold-blooded part, man, a lot of us been here. You know, yeah. Black folks going from Africa to America and then America back to Africa, mm. going back at BC, way before we can even comprehend. Mm -hmm. You know, um, mm -hmm. you could go back to King Taharka as one of the um, mm. pharaohs from the 25th Neapolitan dynasty, who they say people from his camp ended up in America. And but even even before him, you know, there there's this there's been this trade back and forth. And um, it makes sense that people want to get back to Africa. It makes sense that we think about going back. But it's sad because the truth is, I mean, we we were here first really um and we and and since we've been here stolen from africa since we've come through the diaspora man we put in a lot of work to build this country mm -hmm. for free you know you yes. could just go back to the time since since slavery since they stole us and brought us here just going back to there we put in a lot of work mm -hmm. um i'll talk with a man today i was in the military and um he said at least you were able to serve your country and you know this is coming from a white dude and he was speaking from the heart and I, and I thought, man, this country um, ain't been serving me, man. We've been getting screwed over. Right. Um, this is KCWG, the yeah. truth.com. This program's called Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome. That was the incomparable Art Harris. We also have his wife, Narissa Harris, who is standing by. We heard from the good brother, Dr. Chase Moore. And Kyra, I'm coming to you right now. Kyra Christian is a clinical counselor up in Northern California as well. So Kyra, man, um, how do you know when it's too much? Because Art was saying, you know, it's it, well, Chase was saying too, and Narissa, I want you to trip on this when I come to you too. It's like it's exciting, but it's also sad because we have put in blood, sweat, and tears to make this country what it is. And we've been desperately trying to get this country to love us back the way we have loved on it. So Kyra and Narissa, um, how do you know when enough is enough? How do you know when you just cut your losses and just break and run and just save yourself? Is there a line of demarcation that you ladies can can speak to, Kyra Christian and then Narissa Harris? Well, I, I mean, Rome, it's 400, 500 years. I mean, <laughs> what, what do you tell someone that it's constantly having to deal with their abuser? Mm. And so, you know, we are in an abusive relationship with America where we need mm. them to thrive because they make it so we can't sustain on our own. Um, and so as we start doing things like this, banding together, telling the masses, educating our folks on what it looks like, what financial literacy and freedom looks like from this country, then that's when we say, yeah, enough is enough. It's been enough. 
It was enough, enough back when our grandparents were getting hosed down mm -hmm. and running from dogs. Like it was enough then. It was enough then. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Larissa Harris. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's been enough. It's been, been tired. <laughs> you know what I mean? We've been tired. And I mm -hmm. think, I think, um, I don't know if this is on the same track, but I think one thing that's coming up for me is I know we all are saying it's exciting and it's sad at the same time, but mm -hmm. I think Kyra mentioned if we take take away that black dollar, like I just I just really wish as a collective black folks would just for real, for real get together, because mm -hmm. even though we built this country, if we all are a big majority of us just got up and left, this country mm -hmm. would fall apart. And, yeah. you know. That might be sad for the folks here, but it'll just be validation for the fact that we told y'all you ain't nothing without us. Yes. And so now we're going to just sit over here on the water, like Chase was saying, in Tanzania or Ghana or wherever it is we want to be. And we're going to just watch America struggle because America is literally absolutely nothing without Black people. Honestly speaking, society Ain't nothing without black people. I always mess uh -huh. his name up, but I think it's Shet Antadio. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. He did. He did. Um, like he did the research. You know yeah. what I mean? To literally yeah. prove that black people, African people, had not just a hand, but we were the ones that literally <laughs> created civilization, and not just some little rinky-dink civilization. Like we I created. We created like an intelligent, civilized civilization that people are still utilizing from the calendar to the clock, to the mm -hmm. paper, to language, mm -hmm. you know, to building with bricks. I mean, like, so we could say America ain't nothing without us, but literally the world is, is nothing without Black people. And I just think we need to really, really sit with that and really recognize the greatness that we, we come from. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. So that's that's what be coming up for me. Yeah, you nailed it, Chase. And are you want to jump in on that? Yeah, no, I I just think that uh, that that's an amazing point. And uh, one of the things that it makes me think about what everyone has said, both um, and and also Stevie Wonder is psychological safety. Um, and I think that is what really has spiritually been driving me. Uh, we're going to Ghana this summer. Um, nice. And it, what's driving me is the psychological safety of my children, as well as uh, my wife and myself, because hmm. I think what we're seeing is like historically, there's been so many games at play that have um, really taken the, our eye off of the ball as it relates to African psychological safety and us being uh, whole and us being empowered. And so there are a lot of different movements that, um, you know, I won't name because I think those, they're valid movements, all of them, right? Mm -hmm. But when we take our eye off of the ball of African people being psychologically safe, I think many of those movements take care of themselves because if mm -hmm. African people are, you know, we're loving people and that's why there's so many different countries uh, within Africa is because there's so many different ideas. So I think we can figure out how to include and, and uh, how to value people. Um, but the first thing we, that has to happen is as African people, we need to be psychologically safe and empowered. Um, and so, you know, when we start focusing on all these other issues, it just uh, makes it to where, you know, like someone said, I wish we could truly band together. Well, what's, what's stopping us from truly banding together are all these sidebar issues that have been created um, by the oppressor. 
they've been highlighted and in the media and through politics, through our education, these are the issues that are highlighted, not African people being empowered, loving themselves and knowing their history. Because uh, as a, you know, I think it was uh, Dr. Um, either Claude Anderson, um, but he says, you know, knowing your history will erase the right man's mystery. And so all of these mm -hmm. things that, uh, you know, we, we get caught up on, um, I think if we start to go back and find out the truth and it starts with going to the, going to the continent and it starts with knowing yourself, um, a lot of the, the challenges we face here in America would be alleviated because we would know that they're not even relevant. You know, you can't, you can't work on anything until you work on and discover yourself. That's right. That's right. Art Harris, stand by. Kyra, isn't that kind of what you're talking about? Because Chase just mentioned psychological safety and you're part of this, this team called Safe Black Spaces. Isn't that essentially what y'all are talking about with Safe Black Spaces? Well, yeah, Safe Black Space, we highlight um, having a place just for us, for us, from us, only mm -hmm. us, um, where it touches on African views. Um, you get to know yourself. You have so many um, opportunities to get to know people in your community and outside of your community. Uh, to get to have a sense of self and to recoup and have a break from either having a code switch or um, put a smile when you're feeling down. Like you can literally come into this safe and be this space and be yourself. That's right. Uh, it, and it, it's an extension of your home. Um, mm -hmm. We haven't been able to meet in person, but they've um, had frequent online um, Zoom meetings, like kind of what we're doing here. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's important. And I also wanted to highlight something. Um, yesterday in Sacramento, I don't know, um, I think you guys are in the Bay Area, there was a pop-up shop in Art and Mall where it was a collaborative of Black designers, Black entrepreneurs. Um, they did a really good job of bringing us together. And it was a beautiful sight to see. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what we need more of. That's what's going to help erase that lie that we can't work together, erase that lie that we don't get along because mm -hmm. it was nothing but love there. When you go into a store and you're shopping and they're playing Stevie Wonder and everybody's doing a soul train line and dancing and smiling and having a good time, that's us. That's the us. Stuff that they portray <laughs> us on the, the television and the media so they can justify killing us now because slavery mm -hmm. is not something that um, they can do tangibly. They have to be covert about it. Mm -hmm. uh, the way we show up is beautiful. Like Absolutely. I keep going back to, you know, they tried to bury us, but didn't know we were seeds. Like that comes up for me every day. Ah, wow. Like <laughs> we can't be buried. We can't be stopped. Come on. And the more we embody and love on each other and collectively unite and put our money in one yes. pot. Yes. It's the more America starts to pay attention because on. now everybody's like black this black that anti anti-racism this but they'll put it on their brand but they won't treat their employees well they'll right. put it on their brand but they won't embody what we need they won't give us what we need to really break free from what's happening and what has happened you ain't kidding because it's performative because unless they're really about that work that's kind of what i was saying Kyra, when I was referring to Art's friend, not to, you know, again, focus on that particular friend. But yeah, it's, you have to really be about that life when, you, when you're talking about changing on behalf of African Americans, because this country is changing, whether you are ready for it or not. White people are the minority. 
come 2043. And what mm -hmm. we're experiencing is the, the sort of the death spiral of this white populace being in power. And of course, I'm not denigrating all white people, but right. this structure is changing dramatically. So Art Harris, I'm gonna come to you and maybe you can land with this for me. Uh, Kyra's talking about how covert uh, the, the oppression can be sometimes and they're, they're doing it again. I mean, it's no surprise. They're doing it again with this voting rights thing in Georgia. They're passing all these voter suppression things after January 6th, after they stormed the Capitol, after they flipped the Senate. They're, they're going to try to keep, they, they, they're going to keep on doing what they're doing. You know, they're trying to oppress us even if they become, not if, when they become the numerical minority. They want to make sure this, this, this uh, predominant culture stays in power through the judicial system. So Art Harris, uh, final thoughts from you about your intentions. I mean, you have a wife and daughter. Um, how do you see this playing out for you guys in lieu of what Chase and Kyra have said? And Chase is already staking out his claim in Africa. He's going back. Right. And I can't wait to go either. So uh, Art, uh, riff a little bit for me before we let y'all go. Yeah, um, I mean, so much has come up. But I think um, a lot of what we talked about today um, a lot of it has been explained by some of the greatest authors and scholars that we have of this time. Um, one, um, the Dr. Wade Nobles in the journal article he put out in 2020, mm -hmm. it was um, white supremacy is a mental illness. Mm -hmm. And so and so he kind of he talked about how this irrational behavior and how their, their behaviors, it's it just it doesn't make sense. Um, it's almost like a like a facade, I, I'm not going to try to um, explain mm -hmm. it the way Dr. Nobles can, but I think what mm -hmm. we're seeing with the January 6th riot um, and what they're seeing trying to push us back, you're seeing their mental illness and all those symptoms just spreading and, and mm -hmm. you can't hide them anymore. You know, one thing about this mm -hmm. pandemic, um, you can't wear that facade anymore after 12 months in the pandemic right. uh, for a lot of these other folks who ain't been grinding and struggling like we have. Mm. All of the um, all <laughs> all of the airs are gone, and you can't. They can't hide uh, this despair. Of uh, Isabel Wilkerson in her book, The Cast, mm. which is yeah. also uh, one of the best books I've, I'm reading that I've read. Mm. Um, she she talked about these deaths of despair, where in the past few years, more and more and more white folks are actually committed suicide because they're they're they know they're losing their grip on that one thing they were able to hold on to, which was their white power, which was mm -hmm. always just a front put up by the real rich man to control the poor peasant to, to keep the black man down. You know, it's all a front. Yeah. And, um, and it's all showing up and hitting them in their face. And they know through voting and education and land and not really doing cooperative economics with us, those are the ways to continue to keep us down, but we'll continue to grow. We'll continue to connect. We'll continue to really explore moving back to Africa. You know, W.B. Du Bois, he, what, he was, what, 91? I think mm -hmm. when he moved back, he mm -hmm. died in 93 in, in Ghana as a Ghanaian citizen. Wait, who are you, you talking know? about? Who are you talking about? W.E.B. Du Bois. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so people are putting in the work and doing what we can here in this place in America. But um, remember, when we were taken from Africa and the various countries there, it wasn't just the people, it was the future leaders, it was the future military, it was the future doctors. It was a, mm. We as a resource 
was stolen and put in America to value, to come up in capitalism for other people. They mm -hmm. always wanted to brand us and market us and capture our spirit. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm glad to see a lot of us are considering moving back because it's work to be done. It's um, roots to reconnect. There's, you know, seeds to plant. There's a lot of things to do. And um, mm -hmm. we'll see. I know we still got some work to do here, but um, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's only so much that could be done in a system that don't want to really do nothing for us. Hey, this is Carmen Rogers, and you're listening to DJ Rome on Psychotic Bump School, the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul. Coming and done, I never really found love. Stuck in the rut, did not know I could TruthWG.com's program is called Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome, and I'm just chopping it up with our next guest, ladies and gentlemen. This good sister's voice has been all over some of our favorite tracks in Neo Soul. She's recorded with the amazing Nicolay Infante of Foreign Exchange, and she's got her own thing going on as well. And uh, I'm just already having a blast with her, so I'm happy to introduce her to you tonight. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome for the very first time to Psychotic Bump School, our good sister, Carmen Rogers. Carmen, are you there? <laughs> I am. Thank you, Rome. This has already been a lot of fun. Literally, the behind the scenes combo that was taking a place. So I'm just excited to be able to continue. This is great. <laughs> it's a pleasure to meet you. And the Thank reason you. why it's been so enjoyable for me is that I realized, you know, just recently that we actually know a lot of the same people already. You know, obviously, I love it. Oh, shouts out to Miranda. Amazing. And Cy Smith is a very good friend of mine from out here in uh, California. Uh, my boo. <laughs> oh, that's, that's the honey right there. And I see some of your work in the past. You've, you've done work with uh, the good brother Piranha Head out of Detroit. So you and I know each other far better than we think. And, oh, wow. Uh, I love that. And, you know, good people create a smaller world. So, you know, I, I feel like it, you know, good people tend to, to travel in, in tribes in some ways. And so yes. Brian Ahead, such a brilliant, brilliant musician and yes. producer and arranger. And I've gotten to work with him in two capacities. You know, he arranged the strings on my project Stargazer, um, wrote mm -hmm. and composed and arranged and, and hired the musicians and just, oh, I cried 
cried like a baby the day of that session. Just, it was, it was incredible. Such a memorable day. And then of course, um, I worked with him and uh, Divinity when we did my, mm -hmm. uh, one of my first house music joints called The Beauty of Life. So yeah, I've gotten to work with him like in a couple of different, yeah. different um, kind of environments. Wow. So the reason why we were talking off uh, line, ladies and gentlemen, we were talking about the process of writing. So you just talk about when you were doing that session or those sessions with Piranha Head, it made you cry. What would make Carmen Rogers cry? I mean, to, to be a really in-depth writer, you've written a lot of songs. And so yeah. we were talking about some of the writing endeavors you're taking on now. So what is it like to tap into that emotion in order to emote it and feel it strongly to such a degree that you're able to capture it almost precisely onto paper or in song lyrics you know what is what is that experience like for you oh boy well one i actually love crying like it's one of my crying favorite things to do um and, and what's interesting is I used to love crying like I would love to watch a sad movie and mm. it would make me cry so it would be like an external thing mm. um but recently I would say in the past few years I've tapped more into just being moved by uh you know my own growth or things that have changed in my life or things that hit a little bit more closely to home versus things that are just kind of external, like, oh, you know, that's someone else's story and oh, how that touches me. But mm -hmm. now I I actually enjoy the feeling of just being moved inside and, and vulnerability and and mm -hmm. and change and joy and and all of those things and just being able to kind of experience the full kind of human experience, which is kind of how I got to even Hello Human as a title for my last project. Nice. But <laughs> I see but, what you did there. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> but yeah, I I really love digging deep and and lyrics are some is is the the way that I tend to get there the quickest. You know, mm. I I feel that I can surrender mm. when I'm writing in a way that I have, I don't necessarily surrender in some other areas of my life of, you know, Where? just trying to be more open and more vulnerable. Um, when I write, um, it tends to be the most, most open I am. Wow. Now, see, yeah. when you talk about uh, the work with Piranha Head, I mean, he, I know he's, I know a little something about him. That That's a classically trained cat. He knows what he's doing. And if he did some strings for you, I'm sure it was beautiful because uh, that's just how that brother gets down. But when you talk about just accessing that kind of emotion and just thinking about D'Angelo's performance over the weekend with the verses and how yeah. just sends sisters just swooning, you know, it's like, <laughs> Untitled, you know, you're not gonna get out of here without doing Untitled. And so- Of course, right, he, he almost did. I was like, what? Like, say, hey, you better rewind it back, brother. But there's <laughs> something about that vulnerability that he displayed way back then with that yeah. video that people still remember to this day. But you talk about the vulnerability too. So to, to literally strip emotionally naked like that, you're saying for you, that is the best place for you to you know sort of be the the genesis of your creativity is it always that process or is there another way you can get there that you've discovered you know i i think uh i think feeling the feels is another way i get there as well and yes. um you know i i'm a human being and so i have experienced 
all of the emotions, you know, I've experienced, you know, love and a broken heart and, you know, um, regret from making, you know, a bad decision and trying to make it better and being on the receiving end of bad decisions and that person trying mm. to make it better and, and, um, and then failure, you know, success, mm. um, uh, growth or realizing, you know, that you want more. Like I, everything I just said actually pretty much nails a subject on a song on the project because mm -hmm. I really, including the closing song, which is literally about um, realizing that you've been lying to yourself about what you really desire and just going on and owning that you want more than what you said you've been wanting, you know? And I think mm -hmm. a lot of people do it. Um, I think women do it often. I think black do it, women do it very often, you know, mm -hmm. oh, I'm good being single, I'm good, you know, or, or, you know, I, um, this job is fine, you know, I don't need to start my own company, or, you know, I, mm -hmm. you know, or this job is fine, I don't need to go back and finish school, you know, I just think about, you know, mm -hmm. because you think that you're actually going to fail at it, so you say that you're okay with where you are, really? um, because you're, yeah, so I, so that's something that I challenge myself with the writing of this particular song, the, the closing song on the project called Say So. Literally, I was writing that song and crying and crying because I, I had to go on and be honest with myself about some things as I was writing the lyrics. And I said, this song could pro possibly like break some chains and people have some freedom that they did not know that they could have experienced just by saying the words. And so, um, and just what freedom is like, you know, words can, how powerful words are and that words are, have life. And just mm -hmm. sometimes saying the words can make the thing so. Mm -hmm. um so yeah so I so yeah it can be writing but also sometimes I just have to make a decision to feel the feels Absolutely. all the feelings not go around the feeling go through the feeling and yeah. um and usually if I'm able to do that then there's a breakthrough on the other side and, and a lot of times those breakthroughs also show up creatively oh how about that yeah I was listening to the lyrics of that and the the, the lyrics are very declarative I mean it's like it's almost like uh, our good friend, Dr. Chase Moore, he said, you, you know, you, you name it to tame it because if you can identify it, that's a good first step. And then uh, being able to affirm it over and over again to yourself, finally, once you accept it, it it's, it's very uh, life-giving and like yeah. permission to feel it and do it, right? Absolutely. 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 And, you know, we were talking earlier just about writing and, and it's just something writing I, I, I didn't realize brought me as much joy as recently, you know, uh, you know, expanding and doing some writing projects outside of music and, uh, you know, kind of dipping my toe into possibly doing some writing and creating for a TV. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's been really, really cool just to explore mm -hmm. um, ideas and and see those ideas come to life on paper. And and so, yeah, it, it, this has been an, a very interesting journey. And if anything, if we haven't learned anything from 2020, I think it's how how valuable time is oh, yeah. and how short it is and so it's just really like if you're not going to do it now when is it going to happen absolutely now you're down yeah. south right now or i know you you've been you've lived in a few different places but currently you're based out of where 
I'm in New York. I've actually been in Brooklyn for now going on six years. Yes. Um, yeah, I was, of course, you know, born in Mississippi, raised in Texas, yeah. Dallas specifically, and lived in Atlanta for several years. And then I moved to New York a few years ago, and I'm here in Bed-Stuy, do or die. Do or die. Well, yes. <laughs> I, I love this latest project you have, Hello Human Volume 1. Thank you. Um, we've already been sort of um, spilling the tea on that a little bit because uh, <laughs> so I was leading up to that. But yeah, you, you really captured the feels with that one. Um, I want to talk about a few of the other tracks on here, too. No Good. Uh, <laughs> I love No Good. I'm wondering what makes you chuckle about that because <gasps> the lyrics of that. Oh, that's gosh. Like, that, that's like that the song, song is... right there. That's like the one like, I can never take the place of your man like Prince. It's like, you know what? I... I I am what I am, and I'm just holding you back from what you could be getting. But what, what, how, what went into writing the song "No Good" off of uh, "Hello Human"? Can you talk to us about that a little bit? I sure can. So "No Good," I chuckle about it because that song, I, I is my attempt at being clever. You know, I, I really, I try to be thoughtful with songwriting, and "No Good," um, I wanted to kind of turn over the whole trope of the the. Uh, Usually the, the dude is the one telling to the woman, like, you know, I can't be that person for you. But, you know, if you want to go for it, you know, proceed with caution, you know, but I'm, I'm already telling you that I what that what I can't do for you or what I can't provide you, but I maybe can provide you a good time. Right. Um, <laughs> and and that is usually coming from a man's perspective. So I just wanted to turn that over on its head. Uh, and have a woman saying this to a man like I, I know you think I'm the one and and you have literally bet the entire house on me mm. and I'm letting you know that it's a bad idea and but I mean I've told you so if you want to go for it you know at your own risk you're you're on your own and so it's just kind of a it's and I'm singing it quite sweetly um, a song that's literally, you know, can is breaking him into possibly a million little pieces. So, um, and, and I wrote it also because there are just times that if we really think about, we were not in a condition to be in a romantic, serious, committed relationship. Mm -hmm. And and we weren't honest about it. Wow. We, we proceeded to continue in that relationship because of what we were receiving and how we were feeling and how that person was making us feel. And it, it was really, really selfish to do that. And, um, and so I wanted to say, like, I'm not saying that this person still isn't kind of trash, <laughs> but, but the person is trying to be honest about where they stand. <laughs> exactly, exactly. They really are. They're trying to say, I'm no good for you. I'm no good for you. I'm no good for you. But you keep trying. I'm like, okay. I, but I tried to tell you. I know, but so, what, yeah. what, what does okay mean? That means you're not feeling the situation to the same extent the guy is, right? But you're kind of letting them down easy, like Ronnie Isley. It's like, let me down easy kind of thing. Or I'm giving you a way out because I'm telling you up front what it is. And it's like, if you want to listen or not, right? <laughs> it's absolutely, I'm giving you a way out. And I'm telling you that you can't hang your hat on this as a relationship. And yeah. this could be a situation. And as grownups, we can have these honest conversations that we've yeah. had casual relationships um, yeah. where we've told the individual that, you know, 
um, I just want to have fun or, mm. you know, I, I, you know, I just want to date, but I'm not, I don't want anything serious. And mm. this person believes that they can show you that they are the best thing. And so that will change your mind that, you know, they can love you enough. They can love you enough for the two of them, or, or they can show you how you'd be missing out on this good thing and that they're going to be able to change your position or your disposition and how often that that does not happen. That usually a person tells you the truth upfront and that usually doesn't change. I know, but Carmen, come on. I mean, you know, you're talking to a fellow brother here. I mean, <laughs> you know how it is when the, the brothers just kind of hang on. It's like, especially the good brothers out there, if they see something that they, they like, yeah. it, it's not easy Conquer. to the truth. Well, I mean, there has to be chemistry because sometimes people just are not into you, you know, despite your best, yes. it, it's nothing personal, but when you're young, everything feels personal, right? But like you said, we grown folks here, we can have these adult conversations and yeah. it can even be complicated conversations, you know, yeah. along the way. And our lives are very nuanced, right? I mean, I might, right. I might be willing and okay to put up with this for a little while because I've been honest, but I'm just letting you know, I've been honest. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I know that, you know, and, and you're speaking as a man and a man will have his sights on this woman and say, and it's a conquer situation. But I believe that with both men and women, men, and I, and this is something I've argued before, people usually tell you where they stand very early on. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they tend to then massage that language mm-hmm. over time to make the other person feel better. Oh, wow. But usually at the very beginning, people tell you where they stand that, you know, I'm a workaholic, don't have a lot of time for relationships, but every once in a while, I like to have a good time. Right. But now because they are having a good time with you and you are catching feelings, get it? Catching feelings. Um, And so they and so now they are like, you know, well, they start saying things and doing things to protect your feelings, Mm. but they still haven't changed their position. And so it ends up prolonging a situation that could have been a temporary fun time that had a natural course ending to it versus now it being convoluted because now all of a sudden they've tried to make you feel better mm. you've 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 um you know kind of uh, invested more on that on the other side because you think you can change this person's mind right. and then and now you're upset or he's upset or you're both upset because it comes crashing down um because we you bought into something that wasn't real when it was when when what it was was very clear up front but then it gets muddy uh when people don't stand their ground and so i only say that to say you know we can talk forever about relationships one of my favorite subjects but but i believe that i don't it it doesn't matter how how much this person is going to try to show you (laughs) they're there are levels and sometimes a person is meant for a season or a reason and and it's and it just does not matter how great they appear to be or how much they try to show you Mm. if you're not in a position to receive that love or that companionship or just or you're you know or you don't have the bandwidth 
And that happens as well. Some people don't have the bandwidth for a relationship oh, right. when they meet a certain person. Absolutely. Sometimes it's just timing. See, well, uh, I definitely want to talk about another track, but you know, <laughs> I, I think you and I have both been around long enough to remember the movie Purple Rain, right? Oh yes, you know I didn't see it till I was older, but yes. <laughs> but see, but you've seen it now, so you remember that. But scene. I've seen it now. Yes, I have. <laughs> okay, so I'm certain that you remember the scene when Morris Day is at the uh, the nightclub and Prince has, has not come out on stage yet, but he's he's spreading it on thick, trying to win yes. over Apollonia, and yes, he's he is. saying, "I don't know about it was something in this drink, baby, but I'm gonna make you love me." <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just thirsty with it. But it's like, it's just not going to work. She wasn't really having it. She wasn't into him. And there was almost nothing he could do about it. But this is case. And and you know what sometimes people will do is they'll say, you know what? I'm bored. So I'll take Uh, that date. Or they'll say, you know what? Uh, I guess I could go on and give this a chance. When their heart and their mind has already told them that it's not a good match. Wow. And sometimes it's just not a good fit. Yeah. And sometimes it's only a fit for one or two things. Sometimes it's and not a fit for the complete package. And that's so, okay. And that's okay. That's because, okay. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> so long as we're honest about it and we can acknowledge that, that that's what's going on, you know, you'll put, because guys, we get into that situation too. It's like, we might not be feeling y'all, but we might put up with it if you, if you cook well, or if, if you dress oh, a certain kind of- It's so practice, true. You know, we'll put it's up so with it for true. a little while, you know what I'm saying? And that's all because right. It's me- because it's meeting a need. Yes. It's meeting a need. And if you have someone that's willing to continue meeting a need or a couple of needs, you will continue receiving. Um, and But that's where it can get really, really murky. And that's where it can get um, um, where people's feelings come into the picture. Because if you're not being clear with this person that I'm not looking for anything serious, that this is a situation where we, I, we're enjoying each other's company and Mm -hmm. I am enjoying doing what I do for you. And I'm enjoying the things that you do for me, but I'm still not looking for a committed long-term relationship. Mm -hmm. If that's not being made clear, I think, you know, Mm -hmm. it's going to probably go down in flames. And I know that sometimes it's hard to say those words when someone is making you feel good. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have uh, had a guest on, uh, her name is Tamika Michelle, and she taught me the phrase, uh, the relationship completed. Because sometimes we come out of a situation where we feel it was a breakup, it was brutal, and yeah. we broke up. It went down in flames. And the way she framed the, the course of uh, you know a season ending, it's like it completed. So now we're on to something else. And I'm like- I love that. Oh my gosh. I can deal with that. I can handle that. That makes me feel a little bit better. You have a song on your album, Hello Human, called Catching Feelings. And again and again, uh, some more work you've done with Nicolay of the Foreign Exchange. Um, Man, that is uh, quite a collaboration you have found with uh, Nicolay. And um, you are, again, responsible for writing the lyrics here. So what can you tell us about uh, Again and Again? Uh, or catching feelings. I'm, I'm curious about both. We've been talking about catching some feelings. Yeah. Well, to first talk about again and again, because that's the, that's the track that Nicolay produced. And one, it was just such a pleasure working with him in this, it, just in this way, because 
Nicolay and I have worked together for years mm -hmm. as the foreign exchange. So all the songs that I've written with him previously have been for the foreign exchange, um, including one of my one of my last songs that favorite songs that I've written for the foreign exchange was Shelter. Um, and it was me, Fonte uh, and Nicolay. And that's one of my favorite songs I've ever written. It's just a beautiful song. And it was on the, uh, the foreign exchange compilation project that that we did with real people. But this was the first time I got to work with him as Carmen Rogers, the artist, like just as a solo artist, Carmen Rogers. Yes. And when I tell you he put his foot in that track, like beautiful. it is so lush yes. and beautiful. And then it's, and the, it's just this has a soundscape that feels mm -hmm. so good. And then it has that shift at the end with the drum and bass. Like it's literally everything that I could have asked for in a song because it literally has two movements. That song's almost seven minutes long. Mm -hmm. So it gives you everything you want and more. And, and lyrically, like the song I wanted, I wanted to have a song about being sensual and being in intimacy without it being like on the nose sex. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. because the song is, it is about sex, but it's not just about sex. It's about someone who you're literally surrendering, surrendering to completely and that you feel so comfortable with this person that you feel that they can see through you, that they can see you to the point that they can see all the way through you, that that's how much that's how transparent you can be with them. That's how you feel like you can be that open and that vulnerable with this person that they can see all the way through you and that you will, and that you can surrender to that. And if you are surrendering to that, just how that makes you feel wow. being with that person. And so that's what I wanted to, to really go for is the, the, the sensuality, the intimacy, the, 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 the yes, the sex, but really mm -hmm. just the feeling from it more than the act is the feeling. Uh, so, so yeah, so that's what that is. Um, I, I love that song so much. Um, and you know, people really heard it and they gravitate to it. I'm excited that it's being picked up that, you know, I really, we did it as a single really for internet, but radio is actually starting to pick it up, including, um, it actually premiered last week on XM radio's heart and soul. So it's exciting to see mm -hmm. that that song is going to, I think, have a life of its own, whether, you know, regardless. So that, that's exciting, you know, to see. But um, but then we have Catching Feelings, which is a song that I wrote um, with, a, uh, with a new production team, or I shouldn't say, but they are new, new young production production team from my hometown in Dallas and um, called JRJ Music. It's uh, Justin Lyons and um, uh, J.R. Simpson. And they came together and, Actually, they did no good. Uh, they produced no good. And Catching Feelings was a song literally that came out of a conversation about no good. We were sitting in the studio talking about when people aren't honest about how they feel and what that looks like when, or when people go into casual relationships, what that looks like when people aren't honest that their feelings, that someone's feelings shifted because often someone's feelings do. Even if it's, two people going casual, it's rare that if it lasts past a certain point that someone doesn't catch feelings because there's a reason you were attracted to the person in the first place. So why can't that end up growing into being more than just something that's carnal or just physical, right? Mm -hmm. And so we were just having a conversation about that in the studio 
and Justin was playing his guitar and I was like, whoa, what's that? Play that line again. And I started humming and then I just wrote the song right there. And so that's how we got to catching feelings because I really wanted to talk about, you know, it's almost the, it's almost no good turned over on its head because it's mm. now it's the person who's saying, I entered into the situation that I thought was short term and now I think I want to stay. And I don't know if this person will ever feel the same way I do. Hmm. Wow. And now I'm imagining us both really deep diving, but I don't think this person will ever be able to reciprocate that. So what do I do with these feelings now? Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's heavy. That's yeah. Heavy. Because it's one thing. A lot of us have been there where we've we been have. on one side. Like it's the person has... It's a love unrequited. We have, I think, I don't know anybody that hasn't been there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so true because you can be humming right along and then the, you'll, you'll turn that key backward if you have a, a key or a, a car with an ignition key. Or yes. But you, you turn that key backward and you're still dieseling, you know, if you have the <laughs> fuel. And so what, what do you do when you can't simmer, you can't, you turned it off or the situation has been turned off figuratively, of course but you're still idling and you, yeah. you're not done yet. You're, 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 not, yep. you're not complete. You know, it's one thing for someone to break up with you, but do you break up with them? I mean, <laughs> what is yeah. that? Wow. Yeah. We, we got to have you back just to talk about mental health and psychology <gasps> and all the relationships. This is more about that than music. I mean, Talk about human. Oh my God. Well, well, Ron, one thing is what you may not know is that my degree is in music and psychology. So <laughs> see, see, you just answered every single question I have on my mind that I didn't ask you with that one statement of your uh, educational background in psychology. <laughs> you answered everything. Carmen, it's so good to have you here. What's the best way for people to find this project, find you and keep up with your work? tap in with me online. I respond. Um, you know, I like to stay connected to, you know, the people that have brought me this far and then all my new fans that are just getting to know me now. So please, you know, reach out to me at Carmen Rogers or I am Carmen Rogers.com. Well, that's our show y'all. Psychotic Bump School is the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul. My name is DJ Rome, and you know we're here every Monday evening from 5.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. Pacific time. Check back with us. We shall return next week. Also want to thank our very special guest for the evening, Dr. Candice Lane, Dr. C, Art and Arissa Harris, Kyra Christian, Dr. Chase Moore, and of course, the incredible Carmen Rogers. Also want to send a very special shout out to Frank Starks, the Iron Man behind the board, and we're out of here, y'all. Take care.